welcome to another edition of Talking Tigs. I'm Scott Gerard. Joining me as always, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Well, week one is in the books for LSU. I don't think anyone kind of expected what we saw. Uh, I don't know. We're going to talk about it, see what we kind of did expect to happen, even though it was uh, Brian Kelly's first game at LSU. Uh, it was a bad one. I don't know. Showed flashes of well, last year to me. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I guess we're going to talk about it here in a minute. Um, and, you know, there's the college football as well, because, you know, other than uh, the outcome of our game, I, I don't know. It was just a, a really good weekend of college football altogether. I mean, you had everything. You had last minute come from behind wins. You had last minute almost wins, but loses like us. Uh, there's a few of those. Um, we were probably, I don't know if it was, I don't know. I guess it was a pretty big upset. It was for us, but um, uh, there's a couple top 10 upsets, but other than that, college football seems to be, uh, you know, picked up where it left off last year. Oh, by the way, there's also the announcement that uh, they're going to expand the playoff. So we'll probably talk about that too, but we're going to dive into this LSU game before we do want to check in with the co-host, make sure you guys are doing okay. I know it's probably not the best time to do it, uh, a Talking Tigs episode, but we uh, we will for the people. But how are you guys doing? Uh, I mean, okay. I think anybody who watched uh, watched LSU's performance yesterday, um, you probably can guess how, we, how we're feeling, but I'm glad to be talking with you all, and maybe we can have a little therapy session and <laughs> try to get over um, what seems like another uh, another 2020, 2021 you know, more of the same. Yeah, LSU fans, uh, they probably have like the best like cardiovascular health in all the country after the repeated attacks on our, our hearts by this football team. Uh, it doesn't make sense how this happens year in and year out, it seems, both wins and losses, but uh, just another chapter in the book that is LSU football. So uh, we will uh, write those pages for you here today and, and relieve ourselves uh, of the pain. <laughs> Yeah, well, hopefully this is <laughs> uh, you say. Th- well, we should say this week's pain, right? Like, who knows what the rest what the rest of the season holds? I don't know. We might have to recalibrate our uh, our season predictions after that one. Um, of course, we've you know what we said is already in the books. Daniel can pull it up for our blooper show, but <laughs> uh, I don't know. We, I don't know. I, I'm just going to stick with eight and four for right now uh, and see if see if this team gets any better. I mean, we. Overall, LSU had no business winning that game. Even if we hit the the extra points, go into overtime, and somehow win that, uh, basically, I mean, we just got outplayed in every phase of the game, including and especially coaching. I would say. I mean, it's, I, I I guess one of the things that I'm just shocked is we're already at this. Well, coaching's got to get better. We're already at that phase of the Brian Kelly era, right? Like that was, that was like deep into year two for Ed Orgeron and we were just rolling our eyes, but here we are again. Um, but I mean, I, I do think we got beaten pretty much every phase. Uh, I mean, the Tigers did show flashes of what we thought this team could be, right? Uh, I, I didn't, I think we all expected obviously way more than what we saw, but uh, I don't know, I guess I'll start with you, Tommy. It's like, what? Where did we go wrong? Like how, how did we as like an entire fan base just think that we would have had a, a better outcome than we did 
yesterday? Um, I mean, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm just like embarrassed. I have to apologize to our fans <laughs> because, like, I legitimately thought we were, I don't know, I thought we were going to be, I thought we'd come out there and be, and be, you know, well prepared. Now, I know that, you know, Brian Kelly, I, I, to be honest, maybe this is me just kind of being soft on him. I watched this press conference. I know he said, I mean, he even, like you said, he, he talked about coaching and we need to be better on special teams. We need to be better on offense. You know, these are coaching. He talked about on specifically on special teams, the, uh, the blocked field goal, how they made an adjustment um, at, after the first one. And it's basically put in a new person and this, and then the same, there was a sa- the same hole is where the, the extra point was blocked at the, at the end of the game. Um, he said, you know, that's, that's on us. That's a coaching change or a coaching mistake. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's, I feel like we still need to give them time. I'm more, I'm more disappointed in the effort. I mean, I know it's, and if you look on tiger droppings, it's all over there. I think it was all over Twitter, but like, I'll say it. I mean, where's the effort out of seven? I, I mean, he's basically in the end zone. Well, he has a, he has a ball in the end zone, drops it, which fair enough, that's fine. But you know, they basically dial it up. Jaden Daniel stares him down and is uh, telegraphing, "I'm going to throw you the ball in the bread zone to your best player on the team." He, he needs to make that catch, and he doesn't even look because there's this, you know, he, I guess he he thinks like, "Oh, well, the, the safety coming over the top of you know, they're not he, we're not we're not going to try it." Um, I think that. Uh, where did we go wrong as fans? I mean, I, I think that there's a lot of um, when you when you bring in when you when you pay a hundred million dollars and bring in the winningest coach in Notre Dame history a, 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 from a program that's gone to the playoff like what two times I think and um, gone to the national you know recently gone to the national championship well within the past ten years um, had Heisman Trophy finalists all all that stuff. Um, I can see where, and and also I think that it makes sense because on paper we have the talent, right? Now, I mean, there were some, there were some. I, I think that BJ Ojalary, I think that Jay Ward, I think that Jeray Jenkins, I think that Jay, even Jaden Daniels, the transfer quarterback, I think they all looked very good. I mean, I think Jay Ward looked like Jamal Adams out there. I think BJ Ojalary was 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 really you know putting in some some uh, some great effort on, on the defensive side and looked like he was what, what we think he's going to be. Um, I thought Jaden Daniels actually really looked like he was, you know, commanding the offense um, in a lot of ways. And I think that some of the, some of the challenges he had, it's like, you know, well, this, this really is his first game with an LSU, you know, at LSU with this staff, with this team, with all the players. So I don't think he's the problem. Um, so I, I just I just feel like there's a uh, I think that for us like going into this season I thought I, you know it makes sense we got a lot of great talent we got you know supposedly the Blitnikoff potential award winner we've got uh, two of the best defensive tackles in the country who one of which is no longer going to be with us this season I don't know if you saw that I think it was released maybe two hours ago he tore he did Mason Smith did tear his ACL so he's out for the season um so like we have the talent. And LSU's kind of always had the talent. The the thing that I could not stop thinking about yesterday, that I don't know if it's an LSU problem or if it's that all of college football has changed, but 
where, you know, I think the thing that's so frustrating for me is, um, how was it that for like 10 years straight, LSU could go a consistent nine and three, eight and four, and basically always be kind of knocking on the door, but like not, I mean, like, I think that a lot of years, like the Mettenberger years, sometimes, like, I don't think anybody who really paid attention to the sport would say, oh yeah, LSU's going to run the table and go undefeated. But like, we were always competing, you know, we always, we, we always had the talent and it, it seems like for the past three years, I just don't know where that's, where that is. And I don't know if the LSU's changed or if the, I guess, I mean, the sport definitely has changed, but um, it's just disappointing. And I mean, I don't know. After game one, is is Kelly's seat really hot? No, I, I don't think so. Especially when you're paying him a hundred million dollars. But um, maybe you expect a little bit more from him. I know I expect. I, I I know I expect more from the players. I don't know. It's just disappointing. It's super disappointing. Yeah, for me, it was kind of like everybody on LSU's side was playing their B game. It wasn't the worst performances really by anybody, but there was a, a general lack of sharpness kind of across the board. Yep. I, I would think like th- there was a few players you mentioned like BJ Ojolari and Jane Daniels who were definitely putting in the effort and, and put their best on the field. But overall, like I think the, the third down debacle is pretty representative of this where Florida state just converted third downs, like with such consistency and it was very frustrating there was i think one drive where they went four for four on third down and the defense could not get off the field uh and give us a break and whether that's alignment from the defensive coordinator linebackers kind of missing assignments people coming across in the slants uh florida state ran the same play like a seven eight yard curl uh, in the middle of the field uh, and they converted that like three or four times so it, that it, was very frustrating to watch as i was watching it everything Everything about the defense at the point of attack seemed soft. And I don't mean soft like, oh, they were, you know, yeah, yeah, like namby pamby. I just mean like there was a lot of, you know, there were a lot of good, um, especially like like we said, like I said earlier, Jay Ward and, and BJ Larry. Um, oh, uh, Wes Weeks. I thought he looked okay in, in a lot of instances. Um, the transfer linebacker from Virginia. But every time we would, we, I saw us either taking on a block or trying to make a tackle, it almost seemed like we slowed down a little bit. And I mean, Wes Weeks had, had the quarterback, Jordan Travis, dead to rights in the backfield for an mm-hmm. easy sack that would have, that would have forced, I think, fourth down, they're punting. And he just like rolls off of them. I don't know. You know, that, that's the stuff that, there was a lot of missed tackles. Yeah, we had we had trouble finishing sacks that could have taken us the defense off the field. Open field tackling on the offensive side of the ball, like missed blocking assignments that led to Jaden Daniels having to run for his life. Being absolutely uh, obliterated. Yeah, and then like wide receivers just not quite sharp on their routes. Kayshawn Butte was stuck in mud, as many people say, uh, and his hands were less than lethal um on offense and so and no running game other than jane daniels mm -hmm. and so it wasn't like the worst showing you've ever seen but like it was just an accumulation of minor errors that led to a pretty bad performance and then even like on the coaching side um with uh brian kelly like misusing timeouts in a couple of places like before halftime, he didn't call timeout where he could have given us an extra like minute. Maybe if we got in the ball uh, later at the end of the game, when we had a minute and 20. If he had called timeout after Florida State ran it on first down, we would have had two minutes. Obviously, that didn't really matter because we got the ball down the field anyway. But in hindsight, 
you probably want those 20 seconds or 40 seconds for your next game. And then uh, the decision to go for one when we scored the first touchdown to go down by six instead of going for two, which a lot of the analytics people say you're supposed to go for two there because if you get the two, you know you have to score a touchdown and the extra point wins the game. But if you don't get it, then you know you have to get the touchdown, the two-point conversion next time. And so it's pretty much set in stone. Uh, And then obviously we went for one and then we went for one again. There were some people arguing that Brian Kelly should have gone for two on the last one uh, and just tried to win the game then and there instead of kicking the extra point and sending it to overtime. That's a little bit of a different discussion. I don't, I don't uh, hate I wouldn't I wouldn't hate him. I wouldn't hate the move. I think that with the momentum, I mean, gosh, have you seen a a momentum powered drive from LSU like that? I haven't seen one since like that since like 2019. Yeah, that, I meant was, to, that was LSU football. I, I meant to say that when I was doing the intro, I was like, uh, I did not enjoy, what is it, 58 minutes and 40 seconds of that game. There was one minute and 20 seconds. It's like, now we're talking, baby. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we need to be more going forward is to take something away. Like, we study that. Um, we had people making plays, running routes, Jaden Daniels finding his best option. Uh, and we have to build off that in the future. I think the uh, the... The core, like the structure of a good team is there. I mean, if you just look at Jaden Daniels, yeah, I mean, I I, I like him. Not really anything you can pin on him. I mean, he his, he was 26 of 35 for 209 and two TDs, no interceptions. He didn't give the ball up. He yep. was under duress basically the whole night. If yep. not for him, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Mettenberger. We probably would have seen our quarterback like crawling off the field at some point. If he, wasn't, if he didn't have escapability like Jaden Daniels. Yeah, no, I think he looks really good. Um, and I, I think that I remember I watched him. I've watched him play for Arizona State. Um, of course, his freshman, he, he kind of got famous his freshman year for being electric. Uh, you know, it, it seemed like his every game he played his freshman year was like that last 20 seconds or last, you know, minute of the LSU game. Um, struggled at, in the years following at, at Arizona State. But um, I mean, I think that I, I like him. I, I, I see why he won the the quarterback job um I, I think that a lot of the criticism of him i think a lot of people were were pinning it on him I, I don't i don't think it's his fault at all i think he played a great game um i think he did the best with the tools that we had which was you know wide receiver he had he had he had a couple wide receivers that he could count on i think malik neighbors honestly like had a decent game aside from the two buff punts uh, as far as just a wide receiver he was decent yeah, yeah. um Jeray jenkins was very good. And he, and, you know, I saw a tweet, I think it was by, um, Blake Rufino at, at, uh, are you serious sports? He was like, you know, LSU fans need to acknowledge that Jerry Jenkins has been solid his entire career, just like steady and solid and quietly, like one of the best on the team, which I totally agree with. Um, I mean, he was good when Joe was. So I, I, I think that, um, I don't know. Like the thing, the thing that I thought, or the, the, I was talking to a buddy um, and I wonder if I, I almost feel, I almost wonder if when Brian Kelly came in, the, 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 when you look at the, and when you look at the roster and everything, LSU was kind of in no man's land. Like I think that you could make an argument uh, in January coming in. This is not a rebuild job. Look at all the pieces you have. Look at the talent you have on this roster. Look at the all Americans you have. Brian, you don't have to rebuild. Just take the pieces, and you can go ahead and win today with that. 
and and Brian Kelly, who's a process oriented guy, that's the reason we hired him. That's what he said. You know, this is he's installing though his way of doing things. Um, it's not it's not it, it's almost totally counterintuitive to a process type guy to take what's already there and try and, and you know try to win with it. Like it's you know it doesn't really go together. I wonder if we'll see some drastic changes, maybe not next game, but, but the, uh, at Mississippi state where you might see p- players that you would, th- you know, like that you would think, Oh, they'll be starting like no matter, of course they'll be starting not playing at all because they don't fit the process. He's trying to do We're not talking about this year. We're talking about three years from now. Um, you know, I, that's something I was just thinking about because like, I think that there's a, I think that there's a world where this roster could go nine and three. And you'd look like a fool to blow that up if you're Brian Kelly. You know what I mean? Um, but I also think that now that we've seen, like, this is probably much more, this is much closer to a full rebuild. And I think that he's, he's probably going to be making all his decisions moving forward, not for this year and not, honestly, and sad, sad to say, but not not concerning the, uh, like, the upperclassmen or the, the presumed starters for this year. Yeah, I mean, and speaking of starters, I, I think one of the the issues for LSU, which it's it's honestly it's not new to us. I didn't think we'd be seeing it again so soon, but it's like uh, if you, the way you, if you want to look at it factually, I mean, LSU's defense did as much as it could to keep us in the game. I still, like, yeah, like I there was them not being able to tackle Jordan Travis. That's that that killed us. That extended drives. It gave them points. Um, but honestly, good. like they had one touchdown up until half. Yeah. And that's, I'm sorry. That's, that's enough for your defense to help you win the game. Our offense was horrible. Aside from Jaden Daniels running for his life, our other three running backs combined only had what 39 yards combined. That is just, that's putrid. Especially if they told us that that's something they wanted to focus on was running the game. Uh, I, I think our offensive line is just, and Achilles heel. It's again, that's why I say it's another reason I feel like it's it's last year. There's gonna be a time when LSU can pull it all together towards the end of the season. We'll have some good losses to to Alabama and maybe Arkansas. I'm like, all right, that's where was that in the beginning of the year? Well, you know, it takes time. You know, it's like we had 45 scholarship players come bowl season, and it is a complete rebuild job. Granted, we've got the bodies in there now, but they, I don't know. It's like it's you can tell FSU has played together before. They've got a lot of transfers too, but you couldn't tell. Like they just, they look like a more cohesive team. Same with UCLA. And UCLA didn't really go on to do anything last year. No. They just look like a more complete team and beat us in every phase. I will say that special teams probably cost us the game. But uh, again, I just, I feel like how the whole game played out, LSU had no business winning that game, but they still could have. It's like our defense still like, yeah, Florida State. Florida State tried to let us win that game. They <laughs> had no right. Uh, even we had, had no, yeah, right we had no business being in that game. We had no business losing by one point. Yeah, I was ready to turn the TV off like at the end of the third quarter, and I was like, oh, I'll just kind of mess around. And then I was like, oh wait, hold on, we could actually do this. And then Florida State. Oh, I wanted to mention what what is the rationale be- between leaving Malik neighbors in as the punt returner after he already muffs one in the same game. Like, is that, is that normal to do that? Yeah, I, um, I would think so. Yeah. Cause who else would it be? Somebody that hasn't been practicing punts and now you just throw him into it. I don't know. It sucks. I, 
Yeah, well, I, I, hear what I think saying, that after Andrew, after one, you think after one, you think, well, he just had he had a bad, he had a bad. Uh, There's just a you know, yeah, bad play. So you, it happens to everybody. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not on him for. Oh man, you should have pulled him after one. Um, now I I do not think Malik Neighbors will be receiving punts the rest of this year. Uh, maybe maybe not. I mean, maybe so. Actually, I don't know. But I just. I mean, I hate it when they try to do like the, the kind of be tricky. Like you know, he waited really a real long time on the first one to to call fair catch, and then uh-huh. he kind of ran up on it. Was going to try and be like you know kind of cool. Like I hate it when they do that, but whatever. It works a lot. It works a lot of times for them, so that's fine. Um, I don't know. You know, we haven't had. When's the last time we had a really good punt returner? DJ Shark. Yeah. Probably. Maybe. I mean, what, that was 2017? <coughs> Who returned punts in 18? I couldn't even, couldn't even tell one. you. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I think don't it was know. Trey, you know, Trey Palmer wasn't there. Oh, well, Actually, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But, um... Tredavious White? No, he was gone by then. Oh. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't so, know, yeah. Still, it's like we haven't had any... Because then, cause then after that, it was Stingley, who was okay... Then Stingley again, but then like not Stingley, and then he got injured. I don't even know who returned punts first last year. Anyways, um, but yeah, it's disappointing. So, I'm kind of thinking about next week against Southern, do you think we see Garrett Nussmeyer? And if so, how how much? Um, I think Jaden Daniels gets to start again, and maybe like second half, a little bit of Nussmeyer time, just to yeah. see how that shakes out before Mississippi State. I mean, I, I don't I don't think that now everybody like the, the the feeling out of camp of what everybody said is oh man like it was this this competition was so close. Could have been anybody. It could have been Nussmeyer, it could have been Daniels. It was a flipping coin and at the very end Daniels won it and that's that's the guy. Now, we did not see Nussmeyer at all yesterday. I think that you could, like, if if Nussmeyer, now, do you think, this is something I was, I, I kind of went back and forth on, if Nussmeyer, if the quarterback competition had been as close as they said it was, and Nussmeyer looked as good as they say he did, and, and that it was almost neck and, or basically neck and neck, they're interchangeable, but Daniels has the slight edge. Do you, don't you think that you that we would have seen a little bit of, Nussmeyer at some point yesterday just to give us a little spark, just a change, which makes me think maybe it wasn't as close as they said. And maybe Nussmeyer, maybe, maybe Daniels is really the clear winner. Yeah. I mean, Nussmeyer didn't, I mean, he looked like he was ready to play, but he had the kind of he the, had that red jersey penny. He had the <laughs> penny the on. Penny he, was, on yeah. he was holding, he was holding the clipboard. It was nice to see him kind of like consoling Jane Daniels at certain points and like talking to him and, and engaging in that way. He's supposed to be a great locker room guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, now did you see? Did you see the 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 rumor and the theory that um that he's Kayshawn he's Kayshawn's guy, and that Kayshawn doesn't like Jaden Daniels, doesn't want the ball thrown from him, and that's why you know he he was like bad or something. I was I wasn't aware of that, but it makes sense in a little way. But you got to kind of put the team first, at least I would hope. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, yeah, I mean, he he I would, I could be I could understand if he was mad because he only had three targets come like the third quarter. Uh, but I, again, and this goes back to what you're saying about why didn't we see Nuss? Cause I thought that would be 
I thought the same thing. Just try somebody else. But, I mean, it, 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 it wouldn't have made a difference, I don't think, because he would have had the same amount of time that Jaden Daniels had. He would have been able to run. Like yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying is like, well, we could change our quarterback, sure, but uh, it's it's not changing the to the defensive pressure. So I I feel like maybe that's why we didn't see him. Uh, I mean that doesn't excuse anything for whatever Kayshawn's talking about. Oh, I don't like him throwing the ball to me. Well, he's your starter, so catch it. How you think? Why you think people are going to draft somebody? That's, I don't like that guy. I don't I don't want him throwing to me. Yeah, I know. you can have his own his own quarterback for his plays. Are you kidding me? Come on. No, I, mean, uh, I, I just that watching that game, it made me made me think like, I don't I don't know if this competition was as close as they say. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I, I was still surprised that, uh, you know, both of them were going to beat out Miles and it was apparently just down to them. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe Miles is like. Whew. Uh, well, okay, I'm not there. the starter. I'm cool yeah, Miles, Miles Brennan is pretty happy after this outcome. He was like, I'm glad that wasn't me. Coach, yeah, yeah, I already got happy. some injuries. I don't want any more leg injuries. I'm good. Thank you. But uh, I, I don't know. I, again, I don't think it would have made a difference. Um, I, I think, I don't know. I don't think John Emery would have made a difference, right? Uh, we were just, we, we just didn't have the, the push on the offensive line. They dominated us uh, on the offensive line front. Our deep, we thought our defensive line was going to be a, a strong part of our team. I mean, we lose one of our bigger player, best players, like a few plays in the game. wasn't even during a play. He was celebrating, celebrating. after a play. Yeah, just ridiculous. Uh, but, I mean, he, he wasn't – I don't think he was the reason why they just did what they wanted to on offense. Uh, it's just – I think at some point in the third quarter, uh, I, I don't know. It's like this 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 – last drive of the game still got me it's like we went 99 yards in a minute and 20 and when we hadn't done anything all game and it was the pace it's like i could see it earlier in the game there was just it just i know they script like certain 15 20 plays in the game but it just seemed like the whole game was scripted and they didn't want to deviate from it it's like change the pace let's go the one, they, the they one thing that i up. will hey you know what i i will give a pass on the pace a little bit for most of the game because the, the defense had been at our defense had been out there all game. Think about how long FSU controlled the ball. You know what I mean? They were methodically moving down the field. They had a, a strong running attack and, 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 it, and it, they just were able to milk clock to where I can see, um, you know, from our perspective being like, you know what, we need to try and we can't, we can't afford to go, you know, tempo, 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 because we can't send our guys out because if we go three and out, it's, it's been a minute. And then our, um, our defense has to go back out again. And, you know, they are, I mean, we looked gassed. We looked slow. Um, I wouldn't say we started out that way, but, uh, but by the end of the game, I mean, we looked slow on defense. And offense. And I guess that was my thing is, and it goes back to, you know, some of the clock management that we talked about. It's, I don't know. There was one point where it was late in the game. We're down by two scores and it, it's like, it's taken 30 seconds for plays to come in and before we hike the ball. And it's just, to me, that's, that's the pace I'm talking about. It's just, yeah. I was, I know what you mean, Scott. I was frustrated at that too. And there was like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter and we were kind of doing the first drive going down there and we're just letting the clock wind and wind. It's like, we've got to score two touchdowns in the next however many minutes. And then 
you're giving yourself like four minutes max to get the ball back. And that's when, yeah, I want to accelerate things and, and not maximize your chance to win the game, not just to, to score some points, but, uh, which is hard to see as a fan, but I'm, I'm not a coach. So I just, I, to be honest though, I, I did not let's, let's talk, let's talk of this year versus last year. I did not see the confusion and the, um, like, I think that the, the time, the time manager, like, I didn't see people with their arms up be like, what do I do? I didn't see our quarterback not able to get the snap off and like yeah. getting delay of game penalties like we did last year. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think that there are definitely some kinks and, and, you know, some things that we need to fix up uh, clearly some things we need to fix, but I just don't think it's this. I don't think it's the same problems. Yeah. Cause like last year would have plays where the, top gets blown off the defense and like people are completely the wrong place and they score on a bomb that didn't happen. The only play that really got blown up was like the double reverse flea flicker that just caught it, caught us with our pants down. And then on offense. Yeah. Like you said, with the, the delay of games and uh, Max Johnson, just getting flattened one drop back after the next, at least Jane Daniels had the ability to scramble out and run like that. So it, it wasn't, a catastrophe in that sense, but it kind of goes back to my earlier point where it just it was a kind of accumulation of, of smaller areas. Yeah, it's the little hope, things. We yeah, hopefully those things, things right. Yeah, hopefully Brian Kelly gets the players in the film study, the tackling drills, all the, those things, um, route running, uh, and then we we see a more polished product here against Southern, which obviously the um, the talent is not as good, but um, we'll give you a chance to to get that honed in before a, an SEC opponent in two weeks' time against Mississippi State. Yeah, just so I can uh, do a quick gauge real quick. So it sounds like you guys maybe share the same opinion as me. You know, obviously, if not state otherwise, that I don't think it's time for LSU fans to panic. What we saw last night was horrible. But again, I think there was just so many things wrong before Brian Kelly even got here, uh, you know, including bodies, (laughs) uh, usable bodies uh, that uh, I I don't think uh, I, I don't think it's you know, cause for concern. It's not time to fire Brian Kelly. Right. I, I hope Keisha Good Lord, I hope not during the transfer portal. You know, I, I don't know. He like wiped him and, uh, him and, uh, Malik neighbors wiped all of their LSU stuff off their, uh, you know, their social media, which is interesting unless they just want to focus on the game now because they were distracted before, but you know, it's like, I, I don't think it's time to panic just yet. <clears throat> Although I understand the, uh, understand the frustration for sure. But do you guys agree it's not we'll be well, okay? It's just well, this I don't want to do a whole lot of goalpost moving. The the product we put on the field overall was poor, and we should have won that game, not based on how we played, but like in general, we have the talent to win that game. That was reflected in the predictions, our own predictions. We all said that LSU was gonna win, obviously. Uh and we had better talent, we should have won. So we have a right to be disappointed and hope for better in the future. But yes, Scott, I think you're correct in that it's not time to to close the door on the season already. There's still things we can work on, uh, and hopefully Brian Kelly can right the ship. It's very reminiscent of last year, obviously, with expectations high. We go into UCLA and, and lose that game, and the rest of the season is kind of ho-hum. I hope this this is not a replica of that and that we actually have some some good things to to enjoy later on. Uh, but it's it's not fire Ryan Kelly time just yet. But the the takeover is not complete either. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think that. Um. 
I think this was a different kind of horrible than the UCLA game. Um, this was, I don't know. It's just, it did not strike me as a, as a, um, as a coaching problem, as much as it is a misalignment of, 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 uh, or, uh, uh, incongruence with like talent. I don't think that, I, I think that in, in some ways, and I hate to say it, I think that we season it kind of is over. Like, I, I think that, I think that this will really put us in rebuild mode now. And like I said, you know, I, like, I don't know if I don't know if Keishon Boudé is gonna gonna finish the season with us. I, I really don't. I don't know if um, if the the starting lineup against the um, against Alabama will be even even reminiscent of the one we saw to yesterday. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I think that now we're gonna you know I almost feel like Brian Kelly is gonna have the um, the endorsement to fund to fundamentally alter everything and blow it blow it all up and start from scratch whereas i think that going into this season before you really couldn't do that with the talent like you said you know that really we should have won that game yesterday does that make sense am i just speaking nonsense <laughs> I, I don't know i mean I think after that game a lot of people you know might be touching on nonsense no i i think you're fine i, I get it uh i just um, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just a, a weird start to the season already. Right. It's like you're the guy we thought might've started quarterback or he's been like a, a, a very close second is just walking away from football altogether. We didn't have our running back for the first two games. Now we're not going to have what we thought was going to be one of our starting safeties since Greg Fausch is facing like a four game suspension for his academics at Arkansas. And then you lose Mason Smith, you know, in like the first drive. So I, I, I don't know. It's basically what I saw is anything that could go wrong did for LSU. Yeah. Right. Aside, I mean, Jaden Daniels was okay, but other than that, anything that could go wrong did. So that's why I feel like, well, it's just getting these things fixed, corrected, getting everybody back and healthy. And I don't know, maybe, maybe because what got me was looking at Brian Kelly. They would cut to him. He looked like fan throughout the whole game. It's like it's like he he didn't. It's not like it was seven to three, and he just had a look on his face like, all right, well, we just got to try this now. We got to like his the expression on his face was like us the whole game. Like, what what am I looking at here? How how is this possible? I felt like he was as surprised as us. Did you guys get that sense? He said he said as much in the press conference. Yeah. Um. I, or no, I guess not the press conference. I think it, the the mid game like halftime interview. He said, I don't think we could have played any worse. And I yeah, I and that that's and that's my that's my point. Like he he looked like Cocho did not look that way last year against UCLA. You know what I mean? I don't think I think Cocho had remember he was freaking out. Like Cocho was like just could, could not contain himself. And that's because I, I feel like Kelly is is in his mind trying to work through like okay like how, how do we get here what are we what he was we very doing? stoic the whole game he would just kind of stare uh, yeah. onto the field it was, it was almost weird I kind no I mean I kind of like it though because I'm like I think this guy is is coming in almost like an outsider's perspective you know he, well, he is kind of an outsider like he's this is just literally his first game within our program and I think he's just like 
how do we fix this? What is going on? Yeah, I have to fix this. <laughs> yeah, he's like, how, you know, what, what, what more, what, what do we need to do? Yeah, uh, well, I, I think whatever they're going to do, they're going to do it this upcoming weekend against Southern because, like, like Daniel said, you know, you got SEC play starting in two weeks. And after that, man, it's just, it's, it's a roller coaster, right? It's just, the season is just full on. I'd say. I mean, the good news is that the season, the, the, the schedule gets a lot easier, right? I mean, yeah, until. <laughs> until week yeah. three. Right. Well, I don't know. What do you think of this? I, I like, I feel like if, if LSU had time or just had the ability to run some offensive plays and develop a rhythm or something, it's like, to me, like if, it could be as simple as just finding, I don't know, maybe they have to re-tinker the offensive line. Like Cam Wire just, I, I don't know, uh, bless his heart, but he's he was just getting manhandled uh, you yeah. know, a, a few times yesterday. And, uh, you know, if not for Jaden Daniels' ability to run. I mean, there were some times where I, I didn't know if, like, he, I felt like he held on the ball a little bit too much. Like, I know he only had like two or three seconds to do it, but it's like, uh, it's one thing that we're not going to see. Like we haven't seen with Joe. It's like he, he knew within two seconds if he was going to throw it or not. And if he didn't, he just took off. It's like, sometimes we were just sitting there. It's like one, two, and then no. Uh, uh, uh. All right. And then I'm running for my life or I'm, I'm going down. Well, well, I think, well Joe I had think a good ability the... to, sorry, sorry. I was saying Joe had a good ability to both evade pressure and keep his eyes downfield and like yes. read through his progression at the same time. So he could like, climb in the pocket or drop back and roll out and still yeah. look to see where Jordan Jefferson, not Jordan Jefferson, Justin Jefferson is breaking across the field, adjusting his route or whatever, and then hitting that development late in the play uh, for that 15, 20 yard gain. Jaden Daniels, he's running, his eyes are on the sideline because he's running away from the pocket. And that, in that sense, you, you can't even hit your receivers. All you can do is run for that like four or five yard gain. If you can, if you can, that, that might be what you're about to say, but that's kind of my interpretation of it. Well, I think that, I think that that, I mean, that's what makes Joe Burrow an elite Heisman trophy winning super bowl up, you know, AFC champion comeback player of the year. And that's what, that's what, what's going to make him a hall of famer is his, his ability to move, read the pocket, and and move the pocket with his you know he he is joe has an ability to take a half step up and to the left and evade the all the pressure and give himself all the time he needs even though it looks like he's about to get murdered and there's and you know aaron donald or whoever is two inches away from him it doesn't matter because he took a half step to the right or to the left and now he's able to he's got all the space he needs to throw. That's what separates him from, from everybody else. From Jaden Daniels perspective, I think that like, I can't fault him too much for, for the way he played because I mean, that that's, that's his game. And I think that's where he's comfortable. I think that's how he played. That's how he played at Arizona state. That's, that's where, that's what the, the type of game that he had in his freshman year, where he let the world on fire, you know, he was throwing, he was throwing, bombs and and be able to throw uh and, and throwing a lot nice touchdowns but then also he was running off for for scores so um you know i don't i don't necessarily think that it's i can't blame him for playing the way he plays like that's his yeah. game but yeah. um I, I but i think you're right though like the offensive line did no favors for him <laughs> mm-hmm 
No, I mean, it, it, that's that's like to me, that was like the the glaring issue. Because, like I said, you know, if, if FSU's only scored one touchdown by halftime, uh, I, I'd say our defense is doing okay, right? Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think just the offensive line is probably the most glaring issue to me right now. That and special teams. Oh, my goodness. Special teams will cost us a game instead of just, you know, like trying to advance the ball for us. Like, that's. That has to be – that is horrible. And it's something that they – you know, I, I don't know. It's like Brian Poling. That's like – that was his thing. I thought, all right, finally we got a, you know. A guru. Yeah, exactly. We, we don't. Um, and it, it was what? Uh, a blocked field goal, a blocked extra point to like s- save the game. Uh, then two – Two muffed punts. Two muffed punts and then two like shank punts too. Yeah, a duck punt. <laughs> 15 yards down the field. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. That special team just got to figure something out. So uh, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll keep my, uh, my prediction at eight and four though. I, this wasn't a game that I thought they could lose by any means, but uh, I don't know. I, I think maybe once we get it figured out, we could steal something from somebody else. Cause I, I don't know. Everyone else. I mean, obviously we're the only team that lost in the sec uh, in this f- first week, which is just beyond embarrassing. Yeah, but I don't know. It's like there, a lot of them were close. You know, Florida beat Utah, but you know, Utah is kind of like us, knocking on the door with the last play of the game. They could have won it. Instead, Florida intercepted. I don't think that's what we were missing was like just some clutch plays at certain points, like just blocking somebody out for an uh, extra point attempt would have been the clutch play for this game, I guess, because anything could have happened in overtime. But I don't I know. Look probably, I think we probably win that game if it goes to overtime. I thought so. But I don't know. Yeah. Uh, like oh, it's... One final note, Scott. I know you said that um, that you didn't really feel like with John Emery being out, you didn't really feel like that would uh, that would have made a difference. And maybe not. You know, I could see it not making a difference. But I will say this: um, it did not appear to me that uh, that we had a a true uh, sideline to sideline running threat. I mean, Armani Goodwin, Josh Williams, uh, and Noah Kane, they all seem to be kind of north and south runners, which is fine. I think that Emory is the one, is the the outlier there. And, I mean, we could see, you know, Daniel's trying to get a little bit of read option play. It, it, didn't, it didn't really work. Um, but I think that was because they didn't really respect the, our running backs to be able to, to make a – you know, they, I mean, there, there were some decent runs. Like, they weren't awful. No, they weren't great. But I think that if, if Emory is as good, if Emory is as good as now, I mean, like, I don't know if we can believe the camp reports, to be honest, this, you know, now. But if Emory is as good as they say he was in camp, when he comes back in week three against Mississippi State, I could totally see us um, utilizing, you know, like, a read option and, you know, you've either got you've got two dangerous two dangerous people, you know, in the read option, either Emory or Daniels to run off with it. And I think that if we can get that working, that really opens up. Um, it takes pressure off the off the offensive line. Yeah, because a- it'll put it'll put or it'll put defensive players in conflict, and they won't be able to to really just absolutely manhandle our offensive line. But they'll have to do more reading and have to do more. Um, uh, you know, sit and wait a little bit. 
Yeah, not that we necessarily need more complexity in the offense, because I think that might actually be bad, but more variety and, and threats to hit you with would definitely benefit in that way. So, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Um, is, there, is there anything else we have on, on this game? I think we can put it behind us. We can we can just look forward to Southern. I mean, it's it's Tell the Truth Monday. I think we did that, right? I mean, we, we all got it out there. I'm sure some fans are still going to be reeling, and we're, gonna, we're not going to hear the end of this all season who knows florida state might be good they just might be really good uh i, I didn't really expect them to be because of how how they were the last few years but i don't know maybe, they've maybe been they waiting on, they've been waiting on norvell to actually get it right every, you know after since about year two with fsu maybe he finally has gotten it right he was a good coach at memphis maybe this is the year he does it at fsu um i guess for our sake maybe i hope so <laughs> maybe yeah. that makes our loss look better maybe right. But, but then, yeah, it's like we have other – yeah, then we have the rest of our schedule to contend with. Um, but Because I didn't want to talk about that. Uh, like particularly in the SEC, Georgia looks every bit as good as they did last year. So does Alabama. Uh, I'd say Florida under Florida. Napier uh, looks looked pretty good in their opener. Um, I mean, their quarterback, uh, he's going to be like the heart of that team. Uh, Richardson, I think yeah. it was. That guy's good. Yeah. Um, so Florida might contend for the East. I don't know if they can knock off Georgia just yet. I guess I'd have to see some more games, but uh, they look good. Tennessee looked good as well. So that that'll the the, inter, the East will be more interesting. I think the West will still be interesting in the SEC, but it'll it'll be the same teams as it was last year. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'd have to wait and see if if I think LSU could really challenge anybody in the West. But I think the East will be more interesting this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll have to say it on this podcast. I got, I got Georgia wrong. I kind of, I think, I, I think even we talked about it last week, but you know, I was not, I, w- I was saying, you know, maybe Oregon can give them a little bit of run for their money or Oregon can give us some trouble, a little bit of a championship hangover. Absolutely not. They looked like the absolute, you know, probably, I mean, they look like they could easily be the best team in the country. Yeah, some people saying they're better than last year, <laughs> better than last year. The defense, you know, that was the big question mark. We even talked about it was they lost so much talent on defense. How are they going to be able to replace it? And it seems like they have. Yeah. I mean, uh, poor but anything else he couldn't out? do anything. <laughs> yeah. Anything else stand out in the, in the SEC? Uh, well, I watched, I watched Arkansas play. Um, they look good. I think yeah. they're, you know, I think that they have a chance to really, and we, I mean, I think that anybody who's been kind of paying attention to, to us and to other college football analysts, throughout this off season would tell you, but um, I think they got a really good chance to compete and, and be the number two team in the SEC West. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think on LSU's front, the Florida situation is going to be definitely one people are keeping an eye on because of the Billy Napier. He could have been uh, our guy. Yeah. Because L- Scott Woodward and LSU supposedly kind of walked over Billy Napier. Didn't even really give him a shot. They wanted the big name uh, and ultimately went with Brian Kelly. Meanwhile, Florida, kind of saw the potential in the guy who's worked hard at a smaller school and built a program there. So they got a statement win at home against Utah. And like you mentioned, Scott, Anthony Richardson played very well, their quarterback Uh, people saying he's an early kind of Heisman dark horse and come, I think week seven is when we play Florida. So that one will be kind of the matchup of the head coaches and Florida fans might be smug to rub it in. If Napier goes on to have a really good season, like they potentially could have. And I think it, it's a little bit good for the sec. If they give Georgia a run for their money in the East, um, 
always a, a big game between the two, but uh, a challenger definitely to Alabama and, and Georgia is welcome. Whether that's A&M from the West, I'm not quite so sure. They had a little bit of trouble on their own, even though they did shut out Sam Houston. Right. Um, but across college football, I just thought it was a lot of great games. Oh, yeah. Right? Like ours. Well, I mean, I know uh, Georgia Tech and Clemson are about to play if not if they haven't kicked off already. But I just thought like our game was just a good cap, even though it didn't turn out the way it should have in our eyes. Uh, it was it was a good game. Like yeah. We sucked, but we we made it a very interesting game. And this weekend was chocked full. I mean, you had the, the backyard brawl back. That went down to the wire. These teams hadn't played together in what, like seven or something? Like they had they hadn't played together in a long time. Uh, and what was interesting was uh, the quarterback for each team uh, for West Virginia. They had uh, JT Daniels and Pitt had Slovin. Yeah. like two former USC quarterbacks battling out in some other weird rivalry. It's like, <laughs> what are the odds of that? Yeah. Right? <laughs> Interesting, but I mean, good games like uh, you almost saw Purdue knock off Penn State. That came went down to the wire. I mean, Ohio State Notre Dame was competitive. I, I think Ohio State eventually pulled away with it as they were expected to. I thought Ohio State looked a little bit disappointing, to be honest. Right, yeah. that's what I was going to say. Is it's? I mean, they were down ten to se- like ten to seven at half at Ohio State. I know their fans were like, "What's going on?" Well, Ohio State, their offense was supposed to be amazing and defense was supposed to be average and it was kind of the inverse. The defense played pretty well and the offense was kind of eh. So they've definitely got talent to contend for a championship and they showed that they can beat Notre Dame. But yeah, it wasn't wasn't amazing, like you said. There was some craziness in the Carolinas with what UNC, App State, oh, yeah. I think it was 63-61. They, with App State scoring, what, like six touchdowns in the fourth quarter or something? 40 points. Then, That's crazy. And, and then they... they <laughs> Go ahead. And then they tried to go for two and win the game at the end, like maybe LSU could have done, and then they didn't get it and lost, which is, I'm sure, devastating for that fan base. And it was right there. It was uh right. He was wide open. Oh, my God. And what was UNC thinking going on the road to play Appalachian State (laughs) up in the mountains? Like, you know that was going to be a trap game. And it was. I mean, they won, but wow. Uh, Yeah, man, just a lot of good good games uh, i don't know hopefully it's it's like that all season and there's just upset after upset and uh, i don't know i think it's if it keeps happening like that it's just going to pave the way for this 12 team playoff that the college football playoff committee just announced um which i don't know they they said they want and implemented it you know at least by 2026 but they're they're saying you know we should have this ready by 2024 all these yeah. teams I don't know. That's, I think that's a tall order, but I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Cause it just kind of came out of nowhere and it was, we thought, Oh, maybe they'll just expand to eight or something, but no, they went to the full 12. You know, I think four teams are going to have a buy, but everyone else is going to duke it out. Uh, I don't know. I normally I'd say, wow. All right. Uh, it's just going to be another sec tournament. That'll give LSU some more opportunities, but it'll give other teams opportunities too. And you never know. You know, I don't think it's going to be like March Madness or, or baseball where all these lowly seeds actually have a shot. Uh, I think it'll be the same teams winning. It's just more teams have an opportunity so that they can say they tried. Yeah, um, I'm not. I'm not totally in love with it. I think that. Uh, I think that it's well. I think we're just we're just getting far. We're getting away from college football. And, you know, the combination of, of this of playoff expansion, 
conference realignment and NIL deals. Of course, sound, now I sound like the Dr. Pepper commercial, the new Fansville commercial. But um, it really is. It, it's it's changing the sport, and, and it's kind of turning it into just the NFL. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to cause – now, I think when, when the news broke, we were talking about it. We, we, you know, we were texting each other, and I said, uh, maybe this could mean like 10-game – 10 game all conference regular seasons. And maybe that makes it, maybe that is a, an avenue to make it. Of course, with this, I don't think, um, well, I, I, yeah, maybe, I mean, yeah, maybe that's an avenue. Um, but I think that as, if, if everything stayed the same as it is right now, all we do is add, you know, what, gosh, eight more teams to the playoff. I don't I don't know what it, I don't know if it's going to necessarily be good for the game overall. Yeah, it definitely has pluses and minuses, as does everything. We don't have to get too far into this because you could talk for an hour just on this topic, probably. Yep. But uh, it'll it'll give more teams a shot, which is always good. I think one negative is that we already see blowouts in the four team playoff. So if number one blows out number four, what's going to happen with number one versus number 12? Uh, although they the four top four might get biased. I think it's a good thing that they haven't said this is confirmed at all, but if the first round of playoffs are at uh team's home stadiums, I think that'll be very fun. Uh, the, to see that across the country, fans get to, to live it up in their own playoff games. That'll be cool. But um, another thing I think this is bad is one of the appeals to most people, I think for college football is how important the regular season is. And that's yeah. something that's kind of, touted as one of college football's main draws because right now this was even more so like in the bcs era it was on two teams but now just even one loss your season might be over week one i mean our season kind of is over yeah um because if if you lose to ohio state or whatever week one your season's not over but if you lose to like a mediocre to poor team you basically have no chance now all you're trying to do is make it into the top 12. You can do that with two or three losses even potentially. And so that one loss, it's not the end of the world. It takes, I would think a little bit of the edge off every game. And that's kind of part of the drama and the pageantry when a team chokes randomly uh, and everybody's trying to vie for just those couple of spots. And it's, Um, and you know, you have, you have some random team across the country who loses that actually gives your team a chance to move up. Like that's, that's the stuff we love. And so now it almost becomes just more of a waiting game until the last few weeks when you're just like, all right, we're ready for the playoff. We can play. We're, we got all these 10 and two teams. Let's, let's get it on. Uh, but otherwise you're like, this is, this is it. Like, cause last year, like the drama with Bama, they lose to A&M. It's like, are they going to get in? And yet they still do um, with just one loss. So I think it takes away a little bit of that. Um, yeah. I think the, the big, big winner is the TV deals and the yeah. money. 12 games is more than four. Obviously they get to rake that in and the TV rights, which is obviously is kind of what a lot of these things are shooting for. Uh, sad for the consumer, but just a different sport. Like you mentioned, Tommy. Well, and, and, and this is something Josh paid at, uh, which if you're not following, you know, if you like college football, you obviously listen to our podcast. If you like, you got to listen to late kick with Josh paid, but he has said, um, that you know, everybody kind of talks about. Oh well, like the NFL has they they expand their playoff. They they have more wild card spots and all that kind of stuff. But he brings up a really good point. Every single rule in the NFL is made for parity. Like the way that they the way that drafting goes, the salary cap, the um, the free agency rules, and it, you know the whole point of their uh, of the league and the way they make it is 
they want every team to be as close to each other as possible. Of course, they're always, you know, they're good teams and bad teams. They're the teams that go 0 and 16, and they're the teams that, you know, run the table, whatever. They're teams that are consistently good over 10 years and all that. But there is not a Bama in the NFL. There is not a um a a an unbeatable team. And it and it's and it goes so much so far beyond football because you know, theoretically, these are these are school. Now, I know that like, you know, LSU and Bama and all these great schools make tons of money off of their sports program. They're basically independent. But there are a lot of schools where um, the money is not as as uh, I mean, the, the programs are not as well funded. The, the schools have other interests. The schools choose to to react. You know, they take in the money from football and then kind of spread it evenly to the rest of their uh, sports programs. And so it's almost impossible. So it's, you know, you think about like, oh, well, like if we add more teams in, like you said, Daniel, uh, maybe, maybe it'll be more competitive and we won't get the blowouts as much, but actually, no, we're probably going to get, we're going to have the same result. It's just going to be more of them because that there's never going to be a, a, the, the NCAA or college football is never going to be a completely level playing field because Wake Forest is never going to care about football as much as Alabama does. And they're, you know, and they're not going to be able to invest as much money. And, and, you know, Syracuse is never going to invest as much money in football as Ohio state does. And so that that's just not, you know, it's not, it's not going to be a completely um, level playing field, no matter how many teams you add in the playoff. Sure. Well, it's also going to make it a less level playing field. I would think in some regards, like, like you said, last uh, like Alabama. Think about the times where if they they don't even win the West, like you know when us we back in uh, what was it 2011, like we won the SC, we won the division, we won the conference title, but we still had to play Alabama after that. Yeah, it's like if you open it up to 12, that's that's all this is going to create is just more opportunities for teams like Bama and Ohio State that otherwise you know shouldn't have been there based on the current models. So, uh, but I, you know, I kind of like that. It's like, it's nice to not have them in there sometimes, yeah. you know, cause it's well, just, like you, can, you can basically pencil in, you know, 2026, if they're going to, if I can go, let's, let's head on down to the sports book and I'm going to go ahead and make a uh, playoff picks. It's like, go ahead and give me Alabama at any point, because I, I know for a fact, no matter what, unless Nick Saban dies and the and Brian Denny stadium gets demolished, they're going to be one of the top 12 teams in the nation. Like it, it, things are not going to change that much over the next four years. Uh, so, it, it, you know, like you're right, Scott, like the same thing with Ohio state. If Ryan day is still there and you can even pencil, you could pencil in Clemson, you can pencil in A&M probably you can pencil in, you could go make a, you could go basically pick six of the top teams today and things will probably be similar in in four years and they will and they will all make the playoff regardless of how many games they win or lose in the regular season to be honest it also maybe this is a is a bad take but in my opinion i think it kind of incentivizes the cupcake scheduling that we've seen yes to where if you can go 12 and 0 and you only have to play six tough games you go three and three in those and you're nine and three maybe you make the playoff you go four and two you're probably in a 10 and two but if you have like a 10 game sec schedule 
like battling through that and going seven and three, that's a pretty good record or eight and two is very good. So you're just trying to like maximize your wins, minimize the losses at any cost just to get in the top 12 uh, well, that's why, in, and try and win. That's why I said, well, maybe, maybe the, the, uh, you know, for the, for the fan, for the real like college football, like lovers like us, maybe the answer is, okay, we take this 12 game playoff, but then we do 10 game conference schedules. But then, like you said, Daniel, why would the SEC, why would SEC people ever want, or SEC, you know, administrators, coaches, ADs ever want to do that? Because they're like, wait, so we're going to play the toughest schedule in the whole nation. And then we're going to beat each other up. Yeah. Cause if you, if have, you bake in, if you bake in four wins to every team, then you, all you have to do is have a, like a few decent teams and you've got three playoff teams. There you go. And, and you kind of, and you kind of can't argue with them because they're going to be like, wait, but UCF's going to go play, you know, junior high, uh, Melville junior high. And they'll win they'll go undefeated and make the playoff but like you know we'll play it we'll play the toughest schedule ever in the sec and and go like you said six and six and then uh or five and five and then miss the playoff yeah well we'll see um but yeah college football is just not different it's just it's not the same as when we started this pod it really is it's crazy how it's crazy how change, how much it's changed in right. two years. Um, but looking forward to Southern, uh, I don't know. I, I don't expect a, a game like we just saw. I hope not. Hopefully LSU can just steamroll them and everyone can just get back out in the parking lot and just get back to tailgating. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Do you guys uh, – I don't know. Do you, like would you – I think we'll see Nuss because it'll <laughs> – I don't think the score will be that close. Uh, maybe we'll see him sooner, but – than we might have normally, but uh, I don't know. Uh, anything else you want to see different? I, I guess for me, it's just some some different with the offensive line because it, it wasn't working. Daniel, you got any? I don't know. Things you uh, I think, yeah, like you, you mentioned, the offensive line. Try and get a, a consistent lineup. Uh, keep doing what we did good against Florida State, which is minimize penalties um don't turn the ball over we didn't have any interceptions or fumbles apart from the two dropped punts that was good yeah and then just trying to work on maybe some other options as far as wide receivers we didn't have much besides dre jenkins and a little bit of malik neighbors we didn't see basically anything of like jack besh i think chris hilton had like one catch uh so so look for options there and then on defense get to the quarterback like the D line was supposed to be our strength and they, they put a lot of pressure on Jordan Travis, but they couldn't bring him down. So we got to convert those sacks and yeah, just play efficient football and clean it up. Get, get ready for Mississippi state. Yeah. No, I agree. I I mean, I just, I I just want to see us take care of business. I don't, I don't need to see us to be honest. I don't need to see us put up 60 points and, and, you know, blow the doors off. I just need us to, to win and, um, win convince you know win semi-convincingly and and do and, and just make improvements you know tackle can we tackle better can we can we block better can we not make terror you know errors on the specialty can we actually kick a field goal you know what i mean like that it's little it's little things like that if we can make those improvements then that's i think that's a step in the right direction going into our first sec opponent but i mean to be honest like no um we're not going to make great strides or or really really find out who this team is against Southern. 
No, but hopefully we can make some strides. You know, yeah, no, I'd be very happy with a boring nine and three campaign this year. No, I, I think you're totally right. I, I, I think I predicted us to go nine and three last podcast, and and I, I kind of want to already blow that prediction right. up and give us a seven and five because I, I don't know. Like I, I joked that it gets, it only gets easier, but no, it, it only gets harder. Yeah, we're gonna have we should have a pencil in win against. Uh, we got. We should have two penciled in wins. Uh, New Mexico is it? New, yeah, New Mexico State and um, and and Southern. Other than that, I mean, Vanderbilt's two and zero. They don't look bad. I, I don't yeah. know if Van, I don't know if that team last night beats Vanderbilt. Mm, yeah. No, they wouldn't last night. But we don't. We don't play them. We didn't play them last night. So. Uh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Any, any final thoughts? Cause I think we got to, yeah. Um, covered a good bit. Yeah. I think we kind of, we kind of beat this, beat this horse, uh, a lot tonight, but it had to be done. Yep. Um, let's regroup. Hopefully they'll have a good week of practice and, and take, like I said, take care of business against, uh, against Southern and let's move on and, and, Try to get an SEC win. Agreed. Yeah, Brian Kelly needs to taste victory in the LSU shirt this week, and then hopefully that primes us for the future. So I've uh, got to wipe the bad taste out of our mouth or wash it out of our mouth today and go forward is all we can do. So glad we got to break it down and hoping for better in the future. Amen. And I think Brian Kelly would be happy with his <laughs> – Yeah, it's not like this was going to be his first game in Tiger Stadium. Like that would have been – I think that's the only thing that could have been worse is if – uh, they put that game on inside Tiger Stadium, uh, but I think he's gonna he's gonna enjoy his first game in uh, in Death Valley. He's probably gonna come out with a, a very nice victory and some things uh, achieved in that game. So we'll have that to look forward to. Either way, we're gonna break it down for you, um, and probably gonna be in a lot better new, uh, mood next week, folks. I think we can all assume that. Uh, and then, as we said earlier, it's just. Uh, it's a roller coaster. It's just going to be off the rails. I mean, it already is in a sense, but uh, no looking back now. Uh, we're in the BK era for better or worse, but I, I think it'll, it's going to get better. I think it's going to get better. Um, I did want to toss out one other positive. There was another really good football game. I don't know. just kind of, it made national news because it happened in Uvalde, Texas. Uh, the Uvalde uh, high school team actually pulled out a very thrilling come from behind victory in like the last moments of the game, uh, which was really nice. Cause I think that city needed a, you know, like a good positive, uh, a good positive feeling and stuff like that does it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, that was just really cool to see. Uh, so, so good for them. And uh, I think with that, that'll just about do it for us here. I'm talking Tigs. to the next week. We're going to have this, uh, this Southern game coverage and anything else that happens uh, in college football, of course, for you folks. So until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Takes.